so glad to have everyone here and watching online. If you can ever make it out to Deeper to Ministry, we'd love to have you. And we have small groups on Wednesday nights. Small groups, Wednesday nights, men's groups, women's groups. If you haven't yet got plugged in, do it. Do it, do it, do it. These things are, are great. I love them. We had Jimmy John's on our small group on Wednesday. It was delicious. They had tacos. The women's had tacos. So get plugged in. It'll do you a, a big blessing. I promise you. You'll get plugged into a good community of believers, people that can encourage you always. No matter what you're going through, they can help you, pray for you, and, and we can meet together. We have some people who don't even come to this church uh, in our small group. So that's a pretty awesome thing right there. So if you are watching and you have another home church and you don't have a small group, come on down to our small groups. We'd love to have you. All right. You guys remember where we left off? Anybody? Mega Grace. Mega Grace. <laughs> we talked about kindness, but then we talked about faithfulness and how faithfulness literally opens the door for favor. We talked about Joseph specifically. And how favor was just over his life. Why? Because he was a faithful worker. He was someone who did his job right, did his job with integrity, with excellence. And that's something that we strive for here in the ministry is that, is that word excellence. We love doing things with excellence because we believe that God deserves our best. We believe he deserves our best praise, he, our best worship, our best offering, our best message. He, we believe that the best is what our Lord deserves. Excellence does not mean perfection. Excellence doesn't mean perfect at all costs. Because you know what happens when you get into that mentality? You start getting into a I can do it all mentality, a.k.a. pride. You can start getting into this this I am my source mentality. I don't need anybody's help. I can do it myself. I've been doing this for years. I know how to do it. I got this, right? So you need to be careful of confusing excellence with perfection because perfect is unattainable. It's unachievable. You can't achieve it in your own strength. You will always fall short. But excellence is just doing something to the best of your ability. Not doing something lazily, not doing something with a, with a so-so attitude, doing something with your best, showing up ready, showing up prepared, showing up uh, well-rested, well right? And doing a good job at what you're called to do. That's excellence. You know, I was reading a book one time by uh, one of the ministers that, that really speaks to me. And this book was called Living in God's Best. I encourage you to go pick it up because it changed my life. And this was like a year ago, well, a little over a year ago. But this book got me questioning a lot of stuff because I was working full time at my job. And I, was, I was had, had this in my heart to leave my job and do the ministry. We were doing the ministry part-time before we were here, and it was in our home, doing Bible studies online, small groups in person. And the Lord just kept putting it in, our, in my heart, in, my, in, in, that, in that desire to just do it, just go out and do the ministry. And as I was in that season, I read that book, and in this book, he, the author talked about doing things with excellence. 
that when the Lord's called you to do something or to leave a certain place to go to another place, the Lord tells, or it's instructed in there to make sure that you're doing things right at that place in the first, in the first place. I'm saying place a lot. But to make sure you're doing things with excellence. Because a lot of the times we have this stirring inside of us that's just inadequacy, right? It's just, oh, I've been at this job for 30 years now. I've been here for 15 years. I'm kind of sick of it. I want to go do something else. Well, is, is that the Lord or is that you? Are you just tired of, of doing this, right? You're, you're, it, it doesn't satisfy you anymore and you want to look on, you want to move and go to the next thing, right? So you got to be careful that you're not just listening to just what you want to do or if you're listening to the Lord. And when I was working at this place, I, I had to question a lot of things in my character and in my work ethic. Because was it I wanted to leave because I was doing the best that I could, I was excellent at my work, and I did all those things right, and I still had the desire to leave? Because if that's the case, it's from the Lord. Because you're doing all that you're supposed to do. You're doing a good job at your work. You're being excellent. You're not late. You're not tardy. You're not taking five-hour lunches. You're doing things right. And you still have this feeling to leave. That's from the Lord. But if you show up late, if you show up after waking up 10 minutes ago, if you barely get your job done, if your boss is telling you that you're slacking, if you're doing all these things wrong and you have this desire to leave, well, chances are it's just you. It's just you're, you're feeling inadequate now. You just don't want to be there anymore. And it shows. And excellence is one of those indicators to really help you follow where the Lord's leading you in your life. Make sure you're doing things with excellence. And if the Lord still tells you to go somewhere or to do something, that's the Lord. You can understand it because you're doing your job right. Amen? Amen. And that's what Joseph had to deal with a lot. He, he dealt with this movement in his life a lot. And when he was working, he did a great job at his work. He did a good job, whether he was a slave or whether he was the second in command. He was always doing an excellent work. And the Lord still led him to certain things. Things happened. Circumstances took place. People were liars. People were deceptive. And things happened. But the Lord still favored him in places where he was not supposed to be favored in right? He was favored as a slave. Then he was favored in the prison. He was favored wherever he went. Why? He was faithful in his work. Faithful. It doesn't matter if you're stacking boxes at Target or if you're the CEO of a multi-million dollar company. Faithfulness is still required. And faithfulness will keep you from making mistakes that you know you do not want to make. Faithfulness will keep you accountable Faithfulness will keep you in the right place, at the right time, doing the right thing with the right people. That's what faithfulness will do. Faithfulness shows up. Amen? And often I said faithfulness is also attached to excellence. Now, we've been looking at the book of Acts, the early church, Acts chapter 1, 2, 3, and 4. And remember, what can we describe the events of, of Acts chapter 1, 2, 3, and 4? How do we describe everything that happened in those chapters? Grace. But not just grace. Mega grace. 
great grace was upon them all. And it, the word all means, it's this Greek word that we convert to the English language, all. It means all. Everybody in that church, the grace was upon. It wasn't upon the pastors. It wasn't upon just the children. It wasn't upon just the deacons. It wasn't upon the prayer team. It wasn't upon the security team. It was upon them all. Every single person had this grace on their life. And because of it, it said that they were in one accord. They were of one mind, of one heart, and none of them lacked great grace. That's all to be described about it. Great grace. And as we continue this week talking about this mega grace, I want to look at Acts chapter 4 one more time as we continue. And the scripture says, Now the multitude of those who believed were of one heart, and they were of one soul. Neither did any of them say that the things that they possessed were their own, but they had all things in common, and with great power the apostles gave witness to the resurrection of our Lord Jesus, and great grace was upon them all. Do you believe this morning that it is important where you go to church? Yes. That it's important where you put your, your, your home at? It's important where you call your church home? There's a lot of churches out there that don't have this great grace. A lot of churches out there that aren't operating in what they operated in. A lot of places that think that these things passed away, that healing is not for us anymore, that, that God doesn't want us to be prosperous. There's a lot of things that people believe in their church, which are contrary to what these people believed. And I've said this before, I'll say it again, but I believe that this church, Deep Rooted Ministries, is the Acts chapter 1, 2, 3, 4 church. Amen. I believe that we're one of the same. The only difference is that they were over in Europe and we're here in Visalia. That's it. But as far as I'm concerned, as far as the Lord's concerned, the scripture says that the Lord has no partiality. He has no favoritism, right? He has no certain people that he just gives favor to and others he just lets them suffer. He loves us all. And if God could do a work in that church, you better believe God can do a work in this church. But the only requirement, guys, is that we believe that this grace is for today. That this grace to prosper, this grace to grow, the mega grace that the, the apostles and the early church had upon them is also upon this church. And let me tell you, acquiring this building on 1001 West Noble is a demonstration of great grace on our church. So I'm believing these things will start happening in our church. That by the day, by the every day, they'll start adding more people to the church, adding more people, adding more people into our congregation. Amen? Amen. But it matters where you go to church. You know, I want to look into this word actually. The word grace, anybody know what this word grace means? I'm sure there might be a few people. But this word grace 
is the Greek word charis. C-H-A-R-I-S. It'd be a great name for a Bible school. But this grace means charis. This charis grace. It's the grace that's upon all of us. The grace that God's given to us. This charis grace. It's also described as his love towards us. This, this unearned, undeserved, unmerited favor in our life. Charis grace. And you know where we get where, what this word transforms into in, in our English language sometimes? Charisma. Somebody with great charisma, right? But also, you ever heard of the word charismatic, right? Charismatic church. Now, there's a lot of things that have happened in, in the church world, and it seems like the church is more divided now than it has ever been in the world. And there's, there's the Pentecostal church, there's the Baptist church, there's the Southern Baptist church, then there's the Presbyterian church, then there's the Methodist church, then there's the Seventh-day Adventist church, then there's all these churches, right? And in all those churches, you have the charismatic church. And usually when you think of the word charismatic, you think of a church that has worship that's going crazy, all these lights flashing around, somebody on the side of the stage waving this big old flag, and on the other side of the stage, someone's painting a picture, right? You think of those things. But this word charisma or charis or charismatic really means one thing, grace. That's it. And I want to look at this a little bit with you guys today on what all these words have in common, what they, what they do together. In Hebrews chapter 4, verse 14, the scripture says, seeing then that we have a great high priest who has passed through the heavens, Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold fast our confession. What's our confession? The confession is to say the same thing of, right? The, to agree with something that's already been said. And this past Sunday, we, we confessed all together that Jesus is Lord that he rose again from the dead. And that was this confession that the apostles gave witness to. Remember, they went around preaching the resurrection of Jesus, this confession. But it says that we have a great high priest. I don't know if you understand how important this is because the book of Hebrews is trying to get across to these people who lived for centuries and centuries and centuries with high priests. They, they lived, that's how they operated lives. And it's, it's like today we have the senior pastor, right? Everyone's, everyone knows the senior pastor. What's the senior pastor of the church? The one who leads it. Well, back then it was the high priest. And this high priest had access to something that nobody had access to, which was the Holy of Holies. This place where God's presence literally dwelt with the people. And you only could access it by being sinless, perfect. And it was only the high priest who could access this holy of holies. Thank God we don't have to live like that anymore. But he's trying to get across. We don't have any more high priests anymore. We have the great high priest. We have the only high priest we will ever need who passed through the heavens. 
Now, I don't know if you're familiar with some of the stories in the Old Testament. There was this woman in the Bible named Leah. Anyone remember Leah? Well, she had a son. Do you remember what her son's name was? Levi. She had a son named Levi, and Levi's name literally means attached. And this is so significant in Leah's life. Leah, however you want to say it. If you're a Star Wars fan, Princess Leah. But I'm surprised I don't actually say Leah. I like Star Wars. But this, this whole naming their child Levi is very important because there's a lot of stuff that happened in, in her life. And she, she named him Levi because she wanted him to be attached to her. And she, she named him Levi. literally means attached. He'll be attached to me. And, and that's how important names were. We have a couple names for babies when we have them. We predecided them already because names are important. But she had a boy named Levi that literally means attached. But you know what the significance of all this is? From the family of Levi, guess what came out of that? The high priests. The high priest came out of Levi's family. And it, the high priest, starting with Aaron and, and his sons, they had one responsibility. And the only responsibility that that was, was representing God to the people and the people to God. That was the responsibility of the high priest, representing God to the people and the people to God. You can look at it and say, that the high priest was attached to God and attached to the people. He was like the, the middle man, right? The middle person, the one who had the connection. He was attached, the name Levi, and that's where the high priest came out of. But then the scripture says in Hebrews that now we have a great high priest. And Jesus He's referred to our high priest as our high priest. He, we, don't know, we no longer have to deal with all these other high priests. We have Jesus as our high priest. And he came out of the family of Melchizedek. Melchizedek. And there's so much importance in here. I'm looking at my notes a lot because there's a lot of importance in all of these things. It was a different family, but they had the same responsibility. Represent God to the people and the people to God. That's the responsibility of the high priest. And since Jesus is now our high priest, Jesus is just as attached to you as he is to God in heaven. He's that, that middle man that we need. He's attached to God and attached to the people. He's with you. He's attached to you and to God just as attached. No difference. You know, God loves you just as much as he loves Jesus. God loves us just as much as he loves his only begotten son, Jesus Christ. That's powerful right there. If that does not light your wood, your wood's wet. <laughs> Jesus, he's, he's the son of God, but yet God loves us just like he loves Jesus. Wow. 
But Jesus is that high priest that we have. And it says he passed through the heavens. Man, I can just imagine the people receiving this word for the very first time. Hearing this word from the book of Hebrews saying, hey guys, we don't need the high priest anymore. We have one high priest who passed through the Holy of Holies pretty much. He surpasses the Holy of Holies. That's all they knew for their whole life. Nobody enters the Holy of Holies. Oh no, no, don't go in there. You'll die. And in fact, people did die if they went in there and they had sin. People, there's a legend that people would tie things around their ropes and they would have bells attached to it and they'd walk into the Holy of Holies and they'd make sure that the bells are still ring, jingling every once in a while to make sure they're still alive. And the moment those bells stopped moving, they were dead. And instead of going in there to fetch them, they pulled them out because they don't want to step foot in the Holy of Holies. No way. And so now they're getting this word preached to them. Hey guys, no more Holy of Holies. We have the high priest who pass through the heavens. Can you imagine the shock? What are you talking about? What are you saying? You go in the Holy of Holies then. You prove it to me. I ain't going in there. And there was probably so much disbelief, but so much shock and awe about all these things. And it goes on to say, for we do not have a high priest who cannot sympathize with our weaknesses, but was in all points tempted as we are yet without sin. In other words, everything that we will ever face, Jesus faced. He sympathizes with us. He knows what you're going through. He knows the trouble that you're facing. He dealt with it. He dealt with you, with all of your things that you're feeling, all the things that you're going through. He dealt with those himself, yet the difference is he did not give in to those things. But he's our representative to God from us and from us to God. He's just as attached to us as he is to our Heavenly Father. So why do we pray in Jesus' name? Why do we end the prayer? In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Why do you pray that? Because he's your representative. Imagine going to a foreign country. You, right now, as yourself, no qualifications whatsoever. And you go to a foreign country and you say, I say, Matthew Ochoa says this, and this will be done, and this will happen, and I declare it right now. See you later. Guess what's going to happen over in said country? Nothing. But now, if I go on behalf of the President of the United States, and I go, and I, and I go to this country, might not be a great example right now, but <laughs> a president that's honored and respected all over the world, if I were to go over to another country and go, hey, I come to you by the name of the president of the United States of America, and he said that this is going to be done, and we're going to do it on this date, and it's going to be this way and this time, and, and no questions asked. All right, see ya. There's a lot more authority and a lot more things that are going to take place because I came as a representative. I came as someone bearing this news from a higher power, right? So when we come to the Lord and we say, in Jesus' name, we're not coming in ourselves. We're not approaching in our own self. We're approaching from Jesus. That attachment that he's made, we're approaching in his name. We're saying, hey, hey God, we're cool because of Jesus. Say, hey God, 
you can bless me now because I have Jesus in my life. That's what we're saying. We're saying because we know a guy. You ever been to somebody where you ever been somewhere where you, you were invited and, and you couldn't get in, but then you go, oh, no, 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 I know a guy though. I know that person, right? How about this one? You go to some place where you're not invited and you're not on the guest list and they go, sorry, not on the list. And then someone else shows up and go, oh no, he's cool. He's with me. Ever, ever had that happen? He's with me. That's what Jesus does when we go to God. Oh, he's with me, God. He's cool. His sins are forgiven. He's with me. His debt's cleared. He's with me. He's our representative. And that's why when we go to God, when we pray in Jesus' name, it's not because a, a, a ritual, it's not because it's some chant or some creed or it's some stupid thing. It's only because we are coming because he's our representative. And we say, God, he's our representative. We have Jesus with us. And that's how God sees us now, through the lens of Jesus, through the lens of the cross. Amen? He's our representative. He's our high priest. He is, he is the one that we need. And that's why the scripture says in verse 16, it says, Let us therefore come boldly to the throne of grace. And this is where I'll end my message and we'll continue next week. That we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in a time of need. If I can have the worship come back up. Because he's our high priest, because he's our representative, no longer do we have to go to the Holy of Holies or the, a set of rituals or offer sacrifices or fast or do anything. Because of that, we can come boldly to God's throne because Jesus represents us. Amen? Amen? Thank you, Lord. And may I just so be bold to say this this morning? Remember I, I was saying, what does this, this me, uh, word charis mean? Charisma, charismatic, charis. It's the grace to help in a time of need. And if I can so say this this morning, regardless of your view on things, regardless of the history of certain things, regardless of just the reputation of certain things, I declare it this morning, we're a charismatic church. Amen? Amen? I don't care what it means outside of this church. In this church, it means we're a group of people that recognize we need the grace to help. We need this helping grace in our life. It's us coming on this stage and worshiping the Lord, saying, Father, you are good. You're the one with the authority. You're the one with the power in our life. You're the one who can do great things in our life, not us on our own. We need the help, Father. We need the grace, Father. Charismatic. We might not have torches and, and flags. I don't know. But you know what we do have? We have this recognition that we need this grace to help in a time of need. That we can now enter his throne of grace boldly, with boldness, not being afraid, not going into the Holy of Holies going, oh Lord God, thou art the great and don't smite me. No, we have this boldness now. This boldness to go to our Father's throne. and be, Father, we come to you in Jesus' name. We're here in the name of Jesus, not in the name of Matthew. In Matthew, there's no good thing. In Matthew, my flesh is weak. In Matthew, my flesh is lame. In Matthew, I have nothing. No good thing in my flesh, the Bible says. But because I don't come to you, God, in my flesh anymore, 
I come to you in the name of Jesus. I come to you with the spirit of Christ living on the inside of me. I come to you with boldness to get help in a time of need. Amen? That's for all of us. The grace to help is for all of us. Wow. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. But let me tell you something. These people that, that, that was hearing this message, the people that, were, that, was, that was hearing this, hey, we have Jesus as our high priest. Now we can go to the throne boldly. They're probably thinking, no way, dude. Heck no. Go, you go. Go on the Holy Holies first. You do it. Then I'll do it. Uh, let, me, let me see. Let me see. You're going to come out? If you don't come out, I'm not going in. And they probably had this, this, this skeptical mindset, right? Because that's all they knew. That is all they knew to their life was, you don't go in there. You don't even mess with him. In fact, I'm not even going to go 10 feet near the Holy of Holies. There are so many restrictions. Can we agree this morning that that was the old way? And as far as I'm concerned, the Bible says, the old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. Amen? All things have become new because of the grace of God. Is anybody thankful today for the grace of God? Anybody grateful today for his help in a time of need? Amen? Thank you, Jesus. But these people had no idea what was on the other side of those curtains. They had no clue. And you too will not have boldness. You will not have boldness to enter the throne of grace if you don't know what's waiting for you on the other side. If you don't know that mercy is there, if you don't know that grace is there in a time of need to help you, if you don't know his love is there, you're not going to go boldly. And there's so many people living that today. They're living in that mindset of, I have to go cautiously. I have to approach him cautiously. I can't go to church unless I'm completely free from sin. And they don't know what's on the other side. So they don't come to him boldly. But let me encourage you today, church, that you can come boldly to his throne because guess what you'll find? Judgment? Condemnation? Conviction? Grace. In a time of need. Amen? Stand to your feet this morning. We're going to get into prayer. Thank you, Father God. Thank you, Lord. I'll continue this next week. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord Jesus. I'll, con- I'll continue this message next week. It's a good one, though. You're missing out. I got 10 more pages left. Anybody thankful for God's grace to help you? You no longer have to do it on your own anymore. It's not on your own strength anymore. It's not on your own ability anymore. I don't care how good of a job you do. You need the grace of God to help you. Amen? Father God, we just thank you this morning. Lord, we thank you for the grace to give us boldness. Lord, we know that boldness is a result of what we know. This boldness on the inside of us is a result of knowing something that's on the other side, Jesus. So Lord, we just thank you for the grace. We thank you for what was been given to us on the cross 2,000 years ago for your son Jesus representing us to you and you to us, Lord. We now know you love us. 
We know that you care for us. We know that it is your will for us to be healthy, whole, restored, redeemed in Jesus' name. We thank you, Father, for everything you did for us on the cross. And going forward this day, we love you. And everybody said amen and amen. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Well, hey. Like I said, we got small groups. If you haven't joined a small group, please do so. We have sign-ups at the front. So just sign up a, a men's or a women's group, whatever you are. And uh, there's only two of them. So sign up over there. And then uh, our building, just be in prayer with us, be in faith with us that these things are going to happen quickly. Good news, we have someone who's interested in our building. And hopefully things will get signed and done away with in the next week. So keep praying for us with that. Believe for us with that. that things will go smooth in that area but everything else is good to go in the church we're so excited for what god's doing and we're glad that you are all a part of it with us amen let me bless you as we get dismissed this morning father god i bless them in the name of the father in the son and the holy spirit i pray that whatever they set their hands to do will prosper in jesus name that they're rem reminded every single day that they are above and not beneath that they are up front not lagging behind they are the head and not the tail in jesus name i pray that they remember to live in the victory and they always remember that they are welcomed here in our family of faith god bless you guys we'll see you again next week